1: So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The there,
2: Billy. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in
1: Division 2, Huddersfield. Thank you. Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses
2: in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted... Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield
3: Town Legend. And he takes that chance! Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. A sweet victory for the Terriers. The new manager entered the sweetie shop and closed the door with a wham as town picked up two goals, three points, experience for Fotheringham's Jelly Tots. And there was a <laughs> très bon, bon performance by Etienne Kamara uh, with myself, a mint humbug, match show. We've got a licorice all sorts of a panel this week. We've got a milk bottle in Richard Kusmala, and a real Turkish delight in Johnny Gillespie. How are we doing, chaps? Buzzing, nice, very well, thank you. Good. Thank you. Favourite sweets? Any particular ones?
1: Licorice sauce, actually,
4: yeah. Oh, licorice yeah, sauce. Yeah. sauce yeah. Definitely sauce, up there. Man.
1: Not just because you've said it. We always it. have these chocolate
4: debates at work. I had a bit of a rant yesterday because everyone's put their prices up apart from Galaxy. Up the Galaxy. It's the best chocolate. You dairy milkers, forget it now. You're priced out of the market. Nestle, garbage, Cadburys. Uh-uh. Galaxy, pound. They're not putting the prices up. Get to Galaxy for your chocolate. Up the Galaxy.
3: Galaxy. Yeah, Decent Galaxy. I'll back you up on that. Yeah. Uh, right, so this week, uh, Mark Fotheringham's first full game, full first full week in charge. And he's had many phone calls from players, ex-managers in Germany, and maybe one from social services this week about this.
2: Guys, I've got three little boys and you keep telling them to stay away from the hot cooker or the oven, but when they go and burn their hand, they'll not go back there again. But it's sore at the time and they're crying. But that's, I'm not saying the players are like that. What I'm saying is, with young players, you learn by your mistakes,
3: you know. He's a bit of a renter quote, isn't he, uh, Matt Fotherham? He's, uh, he's, he's been good, certainly good value so far. So uh, speaking of good value, rolling this in, it's uh, this episode is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Use our code AHTTC10 for 10% off all online orders at magicrockbrewing.com. Uh, certainly a decent place to go for your pre-match and post-match pint. And you may even see somebody like Mr. Kosmala or Brady Frost up there uh, pre and post match and if you do see them you can always say a big hello. Okay. So enough silliness for now. Let's uh, let's get down to business. Chaps Huddersfield Town 2 Hull City nil matching uh, last season's score. Uh first uh, starting 11 chaps when you saw a bench with more kids on. Uh Ben Jackson maintained left wing back Kamara Radoni and Nakiyama back. Um what do you think of the team Johnny? The uh for me that back 3 is the best balanced. Defense that we've got, I like that. I like Nakia as the left centre back. Lee's with the, the big man Helic, uh, Sauber and Jackson both providing good energy from from wide. Um, quite nice and balanced, and it feels like Mike Fotheringham's gone back to. I hate the saying, sort of go back to basics, square pegs round, you know, and all that. But it really has sort of just taken Huddersfield down back and made us organised, doesn't he?
1: Could say he's put some scaffolding up. But, um, yeah, I think um, it's, I read Stephen Chicken's, um, I'm not sure it's, it's in his five conclusions article, but where he lists the dif- defences that we've had. We've had 10, he, he's obviously done the maths, and you can see more than 10 different defences in 13. Um, and I agree, I think this is the best combination of, of the 10. Um, obviously, some of that's been due to um, performances, some of that's been due to injuries, suspension, et cetera yeah, I think it works well. Um, I like I like the three and the five. I think the personnel in this three and the five is, is probably the way to go. A couple of missions from the bench, which which is a bit interesting. When we're kind of playing a sober right back, we've got a, a right back not in the squad. So I guess we'll make of that what we will. Um, the press conferences kind of might allude to a little bit of that, which I'm, I know we'll touch on later down the line. But yeah, I think when when this team came out, it strikes me as... Um, a statement from Fotheringham, we, we've kind of been um, been reminded that he's not scared of playing younger players, but also he's not scared of um, backing players that want to work for him, that will um, give 100% effort um, and we will we'll, we'll try hard. And he's, he's willing to back players. And I think he's put a lot of confidence in young players. Um, and to a certain extent, it's it's worked today. It's, it's been the young players I've known about who've kind of, done well and uh, we've seen a couple of new people on the bench and kind of a, a debut for somebody in particular today but yeah it's interesting um it's one of those where you've seen it happen multiple times you, where managers have come in and dropped players and made a big example of not saying he's made example of players today but you've seen it in the past and sometimes it's not worked and sometimes it has worked so i guess we'll see but it certainly worked for him today um and yeah fair enough i think if i mean like he said his press conference if players aren't gonna put hundred percent in training and we're only, only gonna train three out of the five sessions, then fair enough. All for it. I'd much rather have a team of eleven people try and be them kids, be them experienced players, and do you know what I mean dying for three points and wearing the shirt with pride and if we don't get the three points, okay, fair enough. But I'd much rather be, have a team like that than a team that is, is full of talent and do you know what I mean isn't necessarily so for me it, it's worked, but we'll see. We'll see what the team she bring. It'll be interesting, I think, to see um, who comes back and uh, who who doesn't.
3: because you you're suffering with a little bit of sickness there, aren't you, mate? But you still managed to make one in, like the champion yeah. you are to the game. Um, you know what, not the I, best opening half hour, was it? But no, I, after that, I decent.
4: I I should never have gone to there. I wasn't well at all, but I just wanted to match Father that effort. You know what I mean? I just, I, I honestly, I was so charmed, kind of, by his energy and. He just just the kind of way he speaks and that's so what I thought I've got to be there I've got to be there for him today and uh <laughs> hopefully everyone's asked I have got a disease off me and that's all well. but I just felt I had to match his energy and enthusiasm and, and that in there today and rewarded It were fantastic and you know what i was saying to Matt Glennon in the morning afterwards and that as well it feels like now to me it's like we've got five new signings it's really weird because for the first time in a, in a many a day it's uh i mean carlos to be fair played john russell but apart from that i'm struggling even kind of going before wagner and stuff They're a very experienced squad and it feels like we've got if i were a young player at start, i'd be so excited because i've got an opportunity to play i know if i can go in at work and, and and do my best and put the effort and commitment in i've got a chance of playing on saturday and for me it opens up opportunities and all of a sudden now i mean i watched, I watched it back tonight a little bit chris Uru- 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 kind of. I think it poured a bit of scorn on the bench. I think, to be fair, I think they were trying to lead him up as if to say, look, that's why they're struggling this year, because look at the youngsters compared to what they had before. I think Perotan were trying to say, look at the difference in the squad, but, but you've got to be honest, though. it's He's uh, just brilliant now that we've got these guys. And honestly, the biggest... Uh, I, there were a lot to, to love about today, but for me, the takeaway was Charles Ondo's smiling face at the end. It was amazing. It was just refreshing, Matt, because... It just people just enjoying playing football for Huddersfield Town and youngsters and stuff and, uh, and D- D- HTFC Duke who's a really good contributor uh, on Twitter and stuff Duke's made it put a great tweet out to me in reply at mine and just said basically we've we've never really had it's so important that we have an head coach who kind of understands the kind of philosophy of the of the club really bringing the young players in and we've never really had that have we it's kind of, but, but maybe we've got one now and uh, yeah I just went away from there just full of Optimism. Everyone else in the pub is typical. Other thought, What a rubbish game! That were two bad sides. So oh rubbish for the Blah blah blah. Okay, but I just went away thinking, wow, we've got some excitement about the win, though. The manager yeah. who don't care to throw him in. So yeah, very excited uh, about it. Tempered, obviously, we were playing. And we worked really good.
3: Yeah, it's all about the win, though, isn't it? We, uh, today was. If if we'd have lost that game today, we were. Adrift yeah. a little bit, weren't we? We were in trouble, so you know we just had to win the game, and and we won the game, and that was the most important takeaway for me. But you are right; there is a lot of uh, talking points around players as well, and I you know Ch- Charles Ondo, Etienne Kamara, etc. And these I, young players, Ben Jackson, go on cause they do it; they're doing a great job, aren't they? Uh,
4: yeah, I, do, I, I think this this kind of well, a healing because let's be honest, it's not been a long but I think I have time at Luton on uh, Tuesday night and that's where it's gotten because I've got to be honest, and again I said. Said on radio after that, I thought three two. I think most town fans that were going to end up four five six two, but he changed it at halftime. We played with a lot of pride. We somehow scrambled a draw, and the, kind of the the fight back went on from then. And then I was I'm always a bit wary playing on. We well, obviously it's early day, so it's not like like last season we were playing sometimes on a Friday and other promotion contents playing on Sunday etc. But, but I just felt yesterday, even though some people felt the results went well for us. I didn't, and no, I
3: didn't.
0: so to
4: me, no. massive, massive pressure on uh, the game against a team we knew had conceded the most goals in in the league, and that as well. And uh, yeah, I thought second half we, we saw it out really comfortable. The early goal from Melik was massive, and uh, yeah, just just really good. maybe I'm getting carried away because I, I like to get carried away. with Anything you know me, but it's like I just I felt like it's kind of been more than today. It's more training sessions, the second half, and. and Obviously, with a no brainer bringing Embetty off on, on Tuesday, but yeah, just 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 some good vibes out there today and leaving the ground. It felt a good, yeah, there's some good kids. We've got a manager who
3: gives a shit. That's
4: important. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. stuff. And you know what, Matt? I think he's going to learn as he goes along because what did you kind of say? Renner quote. It's kind of amusing, but I it? think he's going to learn on the job, he's really? going to be saying stuff. Someone, one or two players might not like, or, or other managers might not like, and stuff like that as well. So it's going to be a journey for him, mate. But yeah, it will have much to be yeah, happy about today. We'll I don't
1: about... think you're getting I don't think you're getting carried away at all. And I think why you you might have that feeling. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is yeah, do I mean if you're really critical of the quality of the game, it wasn't um, outstanding, um, but it was just the work rate, the drive, the pressing going again, losing the ball, going again, winning the ball high up the field. Um, and I think that's what a lot of town fans get off on. Do you know what I mean, we like players who want to work hard. We like players who do that. And I think that's what's changed. And that's why I think um, it's a bit more of a better atmosphere around. And I think that's why you might be so positive because that's what I took out of that game, master was the work rate and um, fitness levels look better, whether that's just through application or actual fitness levels. But the team that was picked today, worked really, really hard. Yeah, quality needs to be improved and that yeah. will come. That will come. But I think that's why you probably feel the way you feel because that's what we want to
4: see. It's funny, Johnny, because one of that bits of enthusiasm nearly cost us the goal on half-time because it was uh, Solomon mm-hmm. Thomas who was tracking back who didn't push out when everyone else did and played, uh, it was round long right. one. long And, yeah. and, and Inside, should have yeah. scored. But, but you know what? It's hard to fault someone who was busting... The gut, which sober is uh in recent performances for for the team and that and that'll come but i just felt that was it really weird in, in a negative moment maybe that could have cost us it kind of was yeah. again all about a positive saying that this guy's yeah. you know really putting a shift in for the team but it's uh yeah it, it would just like I say it was all about the win but the good thing was i i, I kind of watched in there thinking even if it were cheap we get a dirty penalty we something happened i mean it was an on goal to be fair the first one but but I just kind of came away felt we were better than them and and we were worth it and there was stuff to build on rather than we won let's move on where some people in the pubs I were in it was like they couldn't see past it with a bad game and we won and we. Let's just hope we're not playing anyone better soon, because I am not. That's just typical sometimes. You've
3: t- You got to take each day. You got to take each game in yeah. isolation, though, haven't you? We we won a game that we needed to win. It's yeah, good, it's a good day. It's a good day. Well, then Palace um, scored
4: a went late winner, and everyone was in, So all good.
3: <laughs> yeah, Bradford fans getting kicked out of the ground, etc. You know, it's oh, been a, a strange, weekend. That I think you
4: done the strangest things ever. That.
3: Yeah, I think you've done the um, the walk. You know, the uh, the the. the jordan sinnet walk and well done to everybody who'd done the, oh, uh, the I did. Ah, well. right, okay. uh, that, that's what i saw and and fair enough if he has but it's still a bit weird and it? To it's not exactly um t-shirt weather is it at the minute so to just <laughs> <laughs> strange carry on but the are a strange it one, was so, very
4: strange you
3: know. carry, <laughs> anyway. carry
4: out in the end, old pan- it? yes
3: yeah, <laughs> old pants old pantomime nothing
4: Did carry happen, out so. that's why steward
3: yeah, so I think we'll talk about a couple of individuals. So one thing I think, Johnny, uh, which has really improved since Mike Fotheringham came in, and that's our uh, our second ball win ratio as well. I, I'll need to find a stat for that to have a look further into it. But it's more noticeable now that when we play the ball forward, there's a plan to sort of manoeuvre. There's one man goes on just in case for the flick on, and then another man comes right, drops short, especially for the head, you know, when it gets headed away and someone stands 10 yards. And usually it's Dwayne Holmes who's reading the... You know the knockdowns and looking to pick up those second balls when we play it diagonally forward. And he's he's been really important as Dwayne in in Mark Fotheringham's style. You know he's he's kind of playing as an eight slash ten, isn't he? And Mm -hmm. he's not exactly getting right behind Rhodes and Ward and threading you know passes through or anything like that. But he's doing a lot of hard work off the ball, a lot of closing, a lot of pressing, uh, and he's passing has been quite good in trying to get us moving as well. I think Dwayne's been a really important key part of this. And he wasn't someone I originally set up to talk about in this, but I just thought I'd throw that in there about Dwayne. Because he, you know, he's not particularly been in the side every week prior to Mike Fothering but at the minute he's becoming quite a key player. Um, Etienne Kamara, I thought, had, uh, you know, I've been praising him. This this conch, I think, is is going to turn into the uh, Kamara conch rather than the Caroma conch. And... He's he was he's been fabulous you know in the last couple of games but the first half hour he was a little bit ropey but that's what you get with young players but he recovered superbly afterwards didn't he absolutely superbly um, I thought it was great um, in, especially in the last hour but my man of the match was Jordan Rhodes I thought Jordan Rhodes was was excellent up there you know he there's, he did a lot of things that Jordan Rhodes perhaps doesn't do naturally in terms of you know you, you're knocking diagonal balls to his head and they're actually he's actually running the channels as well. And he's not the quickest player in the world is Jordan Rhodes, is he? But he still did it. He still put his body in there. He still won things. And I thought he was outstanding up front, Jordan. And he deserved that goal where he hit the post. Um, but for me, Jordan Rhodes was was superb. And just behind him was probably Mikhail Helik, who I thought started off a little bit uh, in and out, if you like. But the back three were decent. but I thought they were a little bit ragged, if you like, for the first 25 minutes. And then... Hellick made that block, I don't know if you remember Johnny, but there was a block in the mm-hmm. first half where Hull looked like they you know, the pull the trigger and he flew out there and, and this is what Mike Fotherham was talking about with commitment and people playing with pride and passion. And Mikhail Hellick put everything on the line there. He went balls first for this block and he, and he was an absolutely superb Brilliant. piece of defending and he grew from then and the winning goal as well came, you know, a big towering header at the back post. How well did Danny Ward do with that, Cosy? You know, the ball across as well. It was a great ball across from Danny Ward. Yeah, wasn't it?
4: I know Rhodes obviously get the the plaudits and stuff, and he wore a lot of people. Man, I'm actually interested to in see the club vote in Ellik, obviously up there. But yeah, I thought they both worked both well, and again, it's it's interesting to see him. It took top, which is we, we've not seen that for a long, long time. And and again, I, I'm excited to see. I mean, it's obviously going to be a long time. Probably soon to see Simpson in, but I think he's going to give us something a little different as well—a bit of a dynamic that we've not got. So positives and options, and yeah. Kind Of you can't kind of call them the old guard as well, I suppose. What is Rhodes 30, 32, Ward 31, but yeah, they're uh, the grafting was absolutely fantastic, in that as well. And I'm glad that roger's getting starts now, Matt. I thought he would have been unlucky to be honest early on, especially under Dannis Schofield, not to be getting uh, you know, many kind of starts. But I've and I've always thought, well, I'll put him in Ward and see what would happen, and that as well. But yeah, that I, the quality of our forward I men compared to theirs were massively different. I mean, how many shots did they have? there were. Pepper in the car park, there, they, they're shooting with were appalling, aren't they, all uh, night of stupid and what an awful man. It He's
3: it, it's, it's decent him, but he just looked like he couldn't be bothered at certain points. So he yeah. did a couple of things where he rolled Hellick and um, he should have scored at one point, like he stuck it over, but Hull were just
1: treading water, league. I think. a top scorer, isn't he, I think. I think he he yeah. scored like three or four in the game, though, so it's kind of like slightly skewed. But yeah, it's going back to what I say right right at the beginning of that, around... Um, second balls. So I think I think there's something I think he said math um said quite early on one of his press conferences, either the one where he's um hired or his kind of pre match for the Reading game was about getting players around each other um and working together and and, and and making sure when the ball goes up to an area that we've got players around to win it win the second ball. He actually made a real point of that. I think quite a lot of the time this season before he came in, the balls and we go up to Ward and he's kind of he's got to jockey a man, win the ball, then beat a man and then play a pass. And I think a lot of the time that's why we've been so disjointed. Um because we've not had players around So It's good to see that I mean, that's the coaching that um obviously has put into the it's working. I think Holmes helps that massively because I think I think Holmes that is on on some is a really useful player. He has got a little bit of everything. He's not a master of, of anything, but he, he he does work hard. He's he's got a he's got mobility. He's not actually got pace, but he's got decent acceleration, and he can play a pass. That like little lob pass over today was was quality. And it's that little bit that he, he can he can have to his game. So I think they have found a little role for Holmes there um, that works really well, um, and it helps with that press as well. Because a few times he was part of the press that ultimately won the ball back in in their half rather than it getting further down. I the defence having to make an uh, attack a, a on, I think, and um, that's what Nichols said in his interview after the game that um, they got praised for the clean sheep. He made a point in saying, Yeah, well, we've done okay, but so also the lads up top as well. We've made a difference today and have pressed well and, and won the ball but higher up. So that's clearly something that they're looking to do, which, is, which has worked. And again, just to go back to Kamara, I think it's really positive to see someone who, yeah, had a kind of a, a shaky, to be really critical 20-25 minutes but for a young player then to you're going to see that with young players but for a young player to have the presence of minds and the confidence to continue showing for the ball continue playing the passes like he should be doing and then grow into a game after a shaky start is is really, really positive sometimes it's easy you have a good first five minutes you you ping two balls and they go to feet and you know what I mean? it's easy then to continue to have a good game to start and then grow into a game for a young player, it's a massive positive. He's absolutely quality. I think his, his ability to, to move a player a few couple of yards away, just a drop of the shoulder, the way he moves his body, moves the whole player to give him that space to play the pass, to play the crossing, is, it's like it's really subtle. Um, But it's something that to see in a player of his age, it, it's just it's just fascinating to see the quality that he's got. And I'm really quite excited to see where, where he can go. Little sort of things in Kamara's game does really impress me. Um, thing, like say, I don't think Jackson played really well, but I think the good thing about Ben Jackson's day, I don't think anyone's actually talking about him, but I think that's a good thing, because I think for a defender to have a, a good game, really, you, you don't necessarily talk about it, cause they do everything right, they're comfortable, there's no kind of glaring errors, there's no kind of shaky moments, they play the pass as well, they do what they need to do, and I think Jackson, again, by way of not being talked about necessarily, is one of the, the key the key players today, Is actually means he's, done a, he's had a really good job and a really good game, so... I think, yeah, loads a positive to pick out. Obviously, the uh, roads as well, I think, was a massive one, and, and, and wars. But it's good that we've actually got a list of players there. We I mean, think, well, they've all, they've all done a little bit different. They've all had, taken their roles and done what they've been asked to do. But it's good to have a list of players you think could actually be more than much rather than thinking, well, mm. who actually wants think, to play for town this week? I think Ben Jackson, I, I went to that
4: game at Oakle, that B team game, and the one thing I kind of took away from that was, yeah, you know, his defensive his shape, you're thinking, God, where's that going to be in the first team level? And obviously that's learning on the job. But I just think that we've, we've lacked so much by losing kind of, probably to a lesser extent Pippa, but definitely obviously Toffolo, that kind of umph, the, you know, the full back side. And that as well. we haven't got much energy and much speed up there now. And I think he's given us that back quite a bit. And uh, honestly, it's some of his balls in are, are really, really good and that as well. It's very raw, very enthusiastic. And you've got to like that, yeah. are And He's going to be exposed, but I'm sure Matt Fotherham will manage that really well. But honestly, it's just fantastic to have this guy in who's and he has done some uh, apprenticeships, Matt. Uh, Matty, he? and so obviously he's been at Bolton yeah, and he's, he's been, been at it Doncaster. It's week, not as yeah. if he's just coming out of our B team and straight in there and that as well. But yeah, he's given us something that we've sadly lacked since uh, we lost as, you know, kind of full-backs at the end of last season. And uh, yeah, honestly, it's it's fantastic. He's so he's so keen, isn't he? And I mean, he was captain in not- that B team game, so he's obviously a leader and. Yeah, it's it's for refreshing, man.
1: He's not afraid to carry the ball either, which is really good. No. Um, and because he's so two-footed, it it Two must footed, be difficult yeah. to 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 play against him because you don't obviously he's going to naturally look to go um, down down the line, but you could equally cut inside. And if they kind of start to use that a bit more and be a bit more tactically aware of it and think, well, that's an out, that is an outlet, and if, if he looks to go inside, someone covers and takes that position, we could start to use that as a bit like obviously a Few years away, but like Lewis O'Brien used to, do, and carry that ball forwards, and that's he's real. He could be a yeah. real asset to this team. And like you say, how um Quaiban used to play different formations and tweak things and have players playing roles that never really existed. He almost could be that kind of like we played one that we on the score for like inverted fullback, and it was a nightmare. But almost like an inverted fullback that might work because of how we can go either way. So it's um he's a real asset. And like I say again, a great performance for me. But I like the fact he almost went under radar, and did everything right. Um, and had a good game
3: but quietly had a good game to them so move on to uh, a profile really so there's not a lot people know about Charles Ondo so I thought we'd maybe have a look into it and, and try and find something out and uh, what I realized very quickly was because Charles Ondo is was born in Spain because should know everything about him inside out so uh, throw it over to you Cosy. no I'm only joking because I know you don't <laughs> you don't know masses about it but Charles Ondo he was born in Spain. Uh, I think it might have been Madrid because he uh, even even so but well, he, he came, I know he came he to London quite, <laughs> it's like Pippa said he said uh, Huddersfield was better than Barcelona didn't he or it was misquoted as saying it and then I asked him on that misqu- and then I asked him on that podcast he was like no 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 <laughs> and then uh, but yeah he was he's raised in London so he's never not really been a many academies before and it you know, came to the club like the club do where they bring them through don't they uh, sort of 17 or so quite raw from likes of Lambeth Tigers etc and, and whatnot in London and he's come in as a left back um, started to play centre back but because he's very good at running with the ball and very it's good, really good footwork they've uh, recently been playing him as a striker I think they've been a little short of forwards because Harrett's gone out Phillips has gone out uh, and I think they had one or two injuries as well I think they've got Hakim Sander and one or two others Yeah in there,
4: that, that one you told us but you told us before, like where he played, and so I think you oh, know, right? We're bringing on a yeah.
3: defender, and then
4: he goes up yes, there. Yeah. It's like,
3: what? yeah, he could play all over. But yeah. apparently, he's, he's done really well in training. And this is what I've got some quotes from Mark Fotherham's presser as well. We'll go through in a minute, and some of them are great. And I won't, I won't do it in a Scottish accent because I can't. I've I've lived with a a Scottish woman for over ten years, and I still can't do a Scottish accent, so I won't try it. But you know, it he, Charles Ondo came to the club as a left back. played centre back. I think he's even played midfield at some points. Played wing back. And recently, they like him as a, as a centre-forward. So, you know, he's he's proof that if you do well and if you do well in training, and there is a quote from uh, Mark Fotheringham here. He's put... Uh, and this, was, this is one I really liked uh, as part of the press conference. Um, he's put, If you coast in my training and train one day in five and aren't at it, you won't be in my team. I don't care if you're a guy like Jordan Rhodes on the big money or a guy like Etienne on the small money. I don't care. You won't play. I don't want training to be paradise. I want it to be aggressive, horrible, so that we're working and we're doing doubles and we're doing things the right way with intensity. You've got to work, sweat and fight. And I've only just started. And, you know, if people like Charles Ondo are are working hard and they're fighting, then he's going to pick them. And this is what's really good. And you can pick out players that weren't on the bench today and you can maybe put two and two together and think... Maybe they're not putting it in, or maybe they've they've slacked. You know, one day in five. But this guy's not a slave driver, but this guy's got high standards. And I'll, I'll read some of the other quotes out, Cozzy, because I think uh, you will yeah, quite man, like. I think you'll like it's some sad, of them.
4: Bad, really. But you know what? That reminded me of what Hondo, when he got booked. When it reminded me of what Staffa at Burnley, mate. <laughs> <laughs> when he went storming, so off, dribbled off the pitch, <laughs> dribbled the pitch with a ball and kept carrying on. it's like today, and then <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? Because the guy, the old guy, were like trying to get the ball back, and he's like. I thought, where's he going to oh, yeah. stop? Me? Anyway, I think we're that excited to be on the pitch, well, off the pitch, and uh, you, you see, know, have the ball at his feet. He's just like, no, I'm not
3: giving you it. You were funny. Second week in a row, we've had someone booked for getting pushed. It's amazing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <I laughs> yeah. You know, so, the yeah. There's a comment, I think, in, in the YouTube that said the referee was decent. I yeah, can't booking's great. Right. Um, yeah. there, there was stuff happening
4: for them. I thought, that's a booking, but play carried on for ages. I thought he'll just forget about it. And he didn't he bring in stuff back for a yellow. So. Yeah, good report in
3: there for. So, yes, yeah, just some things that Father that I've picked up from um Matt Fotherham's press conferences and he said he was very unsatisfied with the first half performance and he had to get into them at half time and let them know, which I thought was good. And he said, "I was angry at half time. I can't accept that. They were doing moves I'd never seen before. It's my job to challenge these guys and get them to be slicker on the pitch. Stop worrying about the past. We can only affect what we do now and in the future." And I thought that was really good as well. Um he's also put um, one thing I noticed as well was I was stood there with um, a mate and uh, my little lad, and Mike Fothering was on the pitch at half time. And then he kind of walked off and am like, What's he doing on the pitch? And he was asked about that. And um, his response was, um, Let's find this. And his response was interesting. He's put, um, Our work's done in the week, you know, instead of like at a half time team talk, he's saying, our, our work's done in the week, the players know what we're doing. 'Cause we're relentless and we're professional. I do like to look in with the subs. I like to go out there, look in their eyes, and see if they're hungry and aggressive. And if they're not, they're not playing. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. He just—he literally storms out at half time. He's like, oh, "Which one of you is training?" Like, it's, it's just pretty much threatens. You know, like look, look, looks at them, and if they don't look like they're up for it, they don't play. And he's—he's he's very different in Because he? he's quite refreshing in a lot of things he does, and it's—it's it's interesting. A bit of a maverick. Yes, you know what, Matt? It, but it's going to boil a lot, of
4: this, uh, a lot of opposition. And I've already had a few texts from Leeds fans who were watching the uh, main course before the dessert, uh, when they played at two o'clock. But, tasty
3: hors yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: It's going to be one of those, if you're don't, if you not on his side, you're not going to be, and that's probably including players never, on our team, never mind uh, opposition fans. But yeah, uh, not short of uh, confidence. It's just refreshing though, Matt. I, I love someone who, why not try and be the best you can be in life? Never mind football and stuff. And it's just like, I, I, I keep seeing today's tweets saying oh, he's winning me round, but for me, I just think it's embarrassing that people would get you should always keep an open mind on a manager just because mm-hmm. it might not be someone you wanted. It disappoints me that people like they've got a you know, like, well, oh, he's winning me kind of round on that as well. Just, just as it, as you've seen it and stuff, you know. That like, and obviously, we've we were awful yeah. last week, we, we were better on, on Wednesday, and we were decent enough today, but it's just like, why does people and, and I get people got their favorites to come in and get the job, but. You shouldn't have to battle against that
3: kind of thing. Maybe that, maybe I'm just being a You have to a bit draw a line, guys. don't you? have to draw a line and go, all right, my man's yeah. not got it. This guy's got it. Let's see how he does. I don't, I don't see why... Do you know what's amazing?
1: It. Do, do you know what I find amazing? Um, and we, we touched on this last week um, when Phil Sene was on about kind of modern day footballers and modern day football as a whole, not just players at othersfield, but all you are asking really is players give 100%, do what he asks and try your best. And we're almost like saying this is a radical, radical thing. I know he does it with his own little kind of strains, not strains, probably the wrong word, his own kind of like unique way, quite intense, um, and really, really passionate, which I absolutely love. But ultimately, that's all he's saying, isn't it? It's like, give me five out of five sessions. Do you know what I mean? Work work hard yeah, on the pitch yeah. and do as, do as I say. That's it. And it's almost like, it's amazing. It's kind of a testament to where football is nowadays, that that's seen as something that people don't, Want to do, I think it's going to be difficult, but yeah, I'm absolutely all for it. I, I, I absolutely love his press conferences, I really like the guy. I think I can really see him being well, obviously, end of the day results will, will determine this, but I can really see him going down as one of the minds that you'll, you'll remember and you'll talk about yeah. being successful, being not successful. He's definitely going to be someone who's going to turn heads and make people have opinions. And I think a lot, I mean, I think a lot of people will. If they do watch his press conferences if you don't, I encourage you to do that because he's a type of person that you hear you want to you want to follow him. You wanna get yeah, on you wanna yeah. get on his trend and go where he's going because if you're a young player and you've got someone like that who's gonna back you and give you the confidence you must have. If he sits one on one and talks to you, you must walk out of his office thinking you're absolutely ten feet tall. And probably I reckon the players that he will play for him will, will go on and do better things for for being around him. Um I can't speak highly enough of him. Johnny, you know I mean? we've, we've only seen a bit, it's a small sample size, fair enough, not to get carried away, but so far, I don't think we, we could have got better, in all honesty. I know it's a big statement, but I really don't think we could have got better. I know some names that were linked with the, with the job, and I, if you ask me now, he, he is who I'd pick ten times Johnny, out of 10. Uh, There's some uh,
3: bingo as well, Cozzy. There's there's a lot of a lot of words and things that you can pick out there it's definitely <laughs> yeah, a Mark yeah. Fotherham drinking game I yeah. isn't there there's certain words there's yeah. you know you can figure listen that's one of them isn't there he said hey listen and then there's guys there's clarity he always says clarity doesn't he I like it's back
4: on the pitch Honestly, yeah. yeah. Johnny brilliant, brilliant comments there Johnny because like I, I think one of the reasons is, it, oh God this is be like I don't know what's going to happen people are going to quote me but Mick Buxton said it how it was I know you're probably not old enough I mean not young too young to remember, but mm. he didn't piss about with his phrases and stuff. And Yorkshire folk don't settle for bullshit. It's as simple as that. So they will warm to this. And the best thing is for me is that he's got these four points on the board early because he, the the fear that I had because I, I, again I was engaged from the start. This press conference, I'm thinking <laughs> the Reading game was a disaster. weren't it, it was only a week ago, but we didn't turn up, and you're thinking, what has he picked? You know, John Russell so and this, that, and the other, and and stuff, but. He's got he, he stopped the rot hopefully at half time on Tuesday and then obviously delivered today. And then it's beautiful now. Hopefully, he's got the fans buying because it will music to my ears. It's a lovely, uh, it's a bit cheesy to be fair, but a lovely little tweet the club's put out with pause yet yeah, again on the front of the bloody video. But uh, following him's barmy army army, and, and it's like it's just little things like that. And and I just, I don't know, I it's just me, general. I, I, I don't know whether you work for people, but I, I've worked for some managers and stuff like in, in my job. It's, and they don't tell you how it is. You'll you'll do a piece of work for them and then they'll say it's brilliant. And you know it's bloody not. And I remember once someone giving me, doing a piece of work for a manager. And then they said, oh, Richard, it's brilliant. And they get, I know they give it to someone else to do. And I was so pissed off because I'm thinking, I got no feedback. I can't make myself any better. And you just bullshit me. You just, you dare kind of tell me the truth. When I think now as a player, you're going to get this. And yeah, some, some of the experienced pros might not take it too well. You know, we've got some fiery characters in there, but... I, I as, a, as an individual, I'd love to have that clarity. Though he keeps talking about clarity and stuff. Clarity. But if, if you know you're getting that every day in your work and stuff, and and it, and it's really good. And the, I don't, I don't know if you've seen their match, but I watched it all the way back and Ethel is in the studio, and he was mentioned. They're going about Felix Magath, and he kind of didn't. I think he did work under him. And just not, or he had some kind of deals with him. He says I'm glad I didn't work under him because basically this guy, was, I think, in about the pre-season like eight weeks gym work. You know, running absolutely like beasting guys, like the fittest teams in Germany and stuff. So this, March Frotherham's obviously seen all this. He's, he's got his own ideas how to do things. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. We've got, I think we're hopefully going to go on a bit of a little journey here and stuff. But it's unbelievable. <laughs> We've beaten the, the team, was scored the, late, late, the most goals in the division, who were really poor, and we beat them at home and, and got away with a one-on-one. But it feels, I don't know, it just feels like we're on... on. on
3: the, a turn in the corner, the, don't
4: it? Yeah. I think so, Matt. But... Yeah, and and I'm excited for the next few games because although Preston were eighth, I think now, but there's no reason we can't go to Rotherham and win on Saturday, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, it, I don't know, it's 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 exciting times for me because I just feel we've got a bit of a, a bit of a cannonball here, a bit of a maverick, and like you said, Johnny, I'm for the first time I can I mean, even Wagner's press conference used to bore me. I didn't really tune much of them in. You know, the club put them out post match. I didn't hardly tune into him. I certainly didn't do it for Carlos. But this guy, honestly, it's uh, very engaging and stuff. And if you can get the results there, well, who knows where the can go as a group.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cozzy, what, what's your favourite
4: away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old-school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes from McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win, order now
3: on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Like but there's one other one that he, uh, he said, uh, one of the quote which I picked out. And it's again, it goes on about quote, uh, coasting. He says, if you coast, you won't be in my squad. You're getting paid good money. This is the best job in the world. You could be out scaffolding in the dirt with my dad every day or folding towels like my mum. These guys are getting paid good money, so you need to come in every day with the right focus and determination. And like you say, cosy a Yorkshireman, a saying in Yorkshire, you can't kid a kidder. And, you know, this guy is quite real down to earth, isn't he? And it's things like this is what Huddersfield fans, West Yorkshire fans, you know, working-class football fans want to hear. They want to hear that these guys are, are working hard. And And he mentions stuff about, you know, Miss passes he doesn't care about you know miss passes as long as you work hard you're committed and uh and so far that's coming across which is good and what also is is interesting is that no one in this team is safe because you know he's certainly not bothered about upsetting a couple of people or dropping or picking you know whoever so it's interesting times and what's interesting is our social media corner if you like so we'll go to youtube and we'll read out some comments from uh some people so hello everyone watching on on YouTube, we've got 46 people watching, which is pretty good at the minute. Um, so, uh, Tom Maiden says, Can I come on as a guest, lads? Do you know what, Tom? I think we've got something, a couple of things lined up soon. So, uh, maybe you can get involved with that as well as everyone else. Coventry Terrier, dolly mixtures, he reckons, best sweets. we having dolly mixtures. I'm not
4: a licorice man myself. A but Licorice man. No, uh, I'm glad. I was glad sometimes. You know, I remember wine gums used to. Be licorice, but now they've turned to black blackcurrant under the they? blacks. So to me, that was a great moment because licorice and me.
3: A victory for. So not,
4: not. for me, mate. But obviously, I'm a small sample size.
3: Oh, Dom Campbell <laughs> says cola bottles. It's all about the cola bottles. Don't mind With cola fi- bottles.
4: With say. sugar on them, Dom. Or just them other ones.
3: Those fizzy, fizzy fine. ones are decent. I like the fizzy yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's go on to the football. Uh, Dom also says Helic <laughs> was absolutely solid today. Oh. Uh, John Shaw says, not the greatest of performances, but if we stop the individual <laughs> errors, we have the quality to compete most weeks. Refreshing, refreshing to see graft from all. Long, may it continue. Matt, uh, let and- me get
4: in there on on Helic. Yeah, I should have mentioned him. Fantastic, mate. I, again, I, were, I felt a bit tight because I, I don't think he's looked fit and he's obviously playing alongside Mbappe. it's like, you know, it's, not exactly a solid partnership so i've been waiting to see this kind of you know helic that all the bands upon said we were getting was there today mate like you said that block mm-hmm. was brilliant he looks an absolute mate. would you want to mark him <laughs> it's just like i set pieces now i think we're going to be stronger than ever i mean father mentioned last week says we're going to get so many goals and set pieces you don't need to tell me that i i think we'll get more well i suppose it's going to be hard to get more than last year but he's he's brutal and but Tom Lee's again today. He had a shot in the first half where it took
3: yeah, should have scored well.
4: Second half when it yeah. the roads thing and stuff. So, but Alex, yeah, fantastic, and I love to see that Matt when you see someone just putting the body on the line. And I know, like you said, Johnny, it's just he's just kind of asking players to give it all. So we we shouldn't be kind of saying it's full on Terry Butcher with the blood. Oh, he went he added. went sack but, first
3: though for that block though, didn't he? But it was oh, brilliant, mate. Because yeah. he went
4: massive with that. If that goes in, then you know it, things can be different. But yeah, I, honestly. I, I walked away from there thinking, yes, this is the Michael Hellick. Everyone
3: said we were getting man. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's looked match fit as he. He's looked a bit rusty, no, hasn't no. he? In some of his things, but he's he's started to get there, which is which is great. Because I thought he was superb at Barnsley, so I'm happy that um, that Michael Hellick as uh, Michael Hellick, <laughs> if you like, is starting to turn up. Uh, Don Campbell says we're really starting to see what uh, MF is all about. Every time everyone writes MF, all I see is Samuel L. Jackson and his famous catchphrase. Uh, it's all about on the pitch. The players really looked like they knew. Uh, what they're doing in the system. Really good to walk away having seen a positive result and need a needed clean sheet. Cy Daly says, I know he's ill at the moment, but I don't see Andrew in playing a big part under MF. Just don't see him providing the work rate. I, I, I'm i a little bit unsure about the front two, Ward and Rhodes. I, don't, I, think it's, I always think it's one or the other. I think they're quite similar in what they do. And I think Tino might be a, an option maybe as, a, as a, someone just to play off the striker a little bit deeper in the two maybe, so... Maybe there is a role for Tino, who knows? And he has obviously got glandular fever and that's something which affects you uh, can affect you weeks before it actually comes up. So uh, we'll obviously have to see. Uh, Oliver Barnes says, much better. Anyone think the ref had a good game or just me? Definitely you, Cosy. No, brilliant. Uh, Richard Huckey says, started scrappy and finished dominant. A bit like this podcast. Uh, no real complaints from any of the players, really. What I liked was MF came out at halftime to talk to the subs uh, Oli Fisher, I'm not having, he's hiding behind his Milan account, but it's definitely Oli Fisher. What a week he's, is
4: that, Oli? Weekend. No.
3: And he's Why? put, Town is so good, even Bradford fans are coming to see them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Andy Kay says, I knew nowt about him, so I can only form opinions on what I see. I like his ethos so far. I think he's kicked a few up the arse who were resting on the laurels of last season. I don't know why Andy had to be strong. I think I went full bands. To be
4: though. fair, it's only time Bradford ever going to be us. you will done it unless we're drawing a cup, so
3: you can't blame. yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't curse it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <'Cause they're, laughs> don't curse it because they're not doing too bad this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mike Whitaker says, "I love how he start. Just worried that if it gets too honest, heads will drop and it goes to pot. Does he need to not overdo it? Do you know what? I don't think, Mark. I don't think he does because I've seen Mark Fotherham be overly nice as well um, to the point of. Um it almost been sickeningly sweet, I'll be honest. I've seen him be really nice and overly go overboard the other way. So I think he's got a lot of strings to his bow, Mark
1: Father, I think he can do that. Those first two interviews, um he was very nice positive. Wasn't I think, yeah, and I think I think that and how we've seen three post matches now and how each each one's different. Um, and obviously his performance is different. And you could argue the better performance probably had the most aggressive, intense <laughs> Post match, but I think that shows he's Loved it. he's clever. He knows what he's doing. He's quite. Um, I don't know what the chap who's, who said that, but he's absolutely right in what he's saying. That like if you just got someone who's just shouts and shouts and shouts and shouts, then it's almost worse than someone's probably a light touch because you'll just lose it straight away. But I think again, small sample size. But I think he is clever. I think he'll use that um, at the right time and with the right players. So, but it's a good point. You yeah, just need I, to I, make I, sure he uses it at the right time.
4: I think it's a great point from Matt because I think that's going to be the only thing we're going to have to, because he's going to be learning on the job as well. And the fact that he's not got an experienced assistant, which I will thinking maybe, obviously, I don't know whether the club didn't want to give him it or he, because he's, we're at him and I'm happy, I don't have eight coaches, et cetera. But I just think we're going to have to put up with it. He's going to say stuff that maybe upsets people he's, He's going to learn on the job as well. He's an inexperienced head coach. So we're just going to have to accept it because no one's perfect and stuff. So I I do agree with Mark and stuff. And he'll, he might go home tonight and think, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this or I should have done that. But we've just got to back him and get behind him. It's so honestly, when someone gives you so much in life, like with the energy and the, the enthusiasm, as soon as i watched that press conference on a Friday when the club put it out, I'm like, I'm there, man. When, the, like today, I should never have gone, but I'm wanting to be part of it now. So it's brilliant, man. It's I, I think he'll get it soon, and if the crowd are quiet, I and mean, I think he'll have a go. <laughs> I hope
3: <think he's laughs> he does. I, are, I think he comes storming over. Yeah,
4: that's well. But I
3: mean,
4: yeah, It's amazing. I've, can you remember a manager com- coming in with this kind of kind of style? I don't know, if brash is the right word, but in a confidence like that. I mean, Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson had his own confidence, didn't he? I? Think mm. Peter Jackson maybe with the nearest thing to it- this, but.
3: Lee, i think this, this clark, clark. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there's yeah. Yeah. a lot absolutely. of things of what he says and how he how he bigs how he bigs the club up i like how mike fotherham bigs the club up as well and no yeah, i remember lee clark used to do that a lot didn't he He used to big the club up and he used to make you feel proud to be a huddersfield fan because he used to talk about it in glowing glowing terms and then you got simon grayson who'd talk it down and chris powell would talk it down even more and it became a bit Almost like a, a shame to hang around your neck, supporting Uddersfield. But I, lo- I like the way Matt father and, father and him talks about the club, and I love David Wagner to bits. But the the whole small dog thing got a little bit, yeah, got a little bit drawn out. In it I'm just point, disappointed.
4: But. Matt would change from a city into a town. I like. It's the only thing. I it's
3: relegated about. us already, has not it? <laughs> <laughs> it's relegated. Really we've got a cathedral. Let's let's apply next year, next time. Let's apply for it. Uddersfield City. In um, first city. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Adam Cottrell says the interview with MF on Sky Sports showed that he means business. Uh, right, okay. So uh, I think the last thing that I picked up on uh, for Mark Fotheringham was his praise for Conor Mahoney. Uh, he mentioned how he's built him up quite physically. And you can kind of see that with Conor Mahoney. He looks quite... uh shoulders seem to have... You know, he's it's quite big, doesn't he? He's sort of top end, if you like. Um, and he was saying how he quite likes him in a central position previously. Um, But he's talking about how he's built his robustness up, everything, and now he can play like 10. Like today, he played 10, then he went to eight, then he went to six. And he played quite well, didn't he, Conor Mahoney? He did okay against uh, Luton. And it's really funny, isn't it, how different players suit different managers. And all of a sudden, John Russell was so key, wasn't he, under Carlos Corberan for a while. And um, Danny Schofield obviously wanted to carry on with Big John. But now Big John finds himself having to work hard to get back in the team. And someone like Conor Mahoney is more, maybe more Mike Fotherham's kind of player. Talks about how how his uh, flexibility and able to play in different positions is a is a real string to his bow. So I thought that was quite good to see that he's you know he's building players up like Conor Mahoney and you know there's perhaps there's there's more to come from him. Cos you look really intrigued by that. <laughs> no, 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 no.
4: I've, I've seen him seen him score from the corner mate. This season, yeah, yeah, you did. Fast,
3: yeah. But it's like three times.
4: Uh, I think the good thing is, it's like we've got we've got a lot of. Obviously, Sorb the king of the kind of the, the crossing, but Moan is a good conductor orchestra as well. And if he can just obviously bring more to his game and that as well, he's a dangerous player, man. He can, you know, can strike a ball, he can thread stuff through, he can cross in and that as well. I think, I think at the start, again, he was a classic town kind of a projecty kind of player and that as well. And I think early on he must have been a bit know, disillusioned, but obviously, in Millwall, he hardly played any football and he and comes to us and it's, he's in the beating where others got a sniff and he really didn't under Danny Schofield. but... The fact that again another one he must he must feel good driving to work tomorrow down uh, the miller Oil's high performance driveway because he's thinking i can get a game now i can start a match under this man and honestly it, to watch our training sessions and probably as good as, more exciting soon to watch and watch the game won't it but uh yeah it's fantastic uh, he's obviously got that ability matt other managers have spoke highly of him but mm-hmm. he's never it's at this stage of his career to still be in the championship it's great opportunity. It's up to him if he wants to take it. It's all about him now.
1: There is a player there. I've watched quite a bit of him when he's at Blackburn. I think it was only like 2021 before he moved to Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, so, he was young, I mean, similar age to Sorber kind of breaking through. But he, was, he, was, he had it then. Um, he didn't. He went to Bournemouth for decent money. So, it, like it's one of those players, like you say, like, because it's a bit of a project. If he gets the right manager, like you said, Matt, that like he clicks with because he's definitely... Um, Evidence in the theory that certain players do click with certain managers and do kind of work for them a bit more or get a bit more out of them. But if if we can get the best out of Mahoney, he will be an asset. He's not um he's not a player that hasn't got it. He, he, he's he's proven that. He's just getting that consistency, like it always is in football, um, and getting that confidence back. But if if we can find a, a role for him and use him and kind of he he, he buys into. To what father rooms doing? Then I think, yeah, definitely could, could be a could potentially be a good signing, good player.
3: Okay, so um, we're gonna do a a new feature in a moment. So uh, during the week, Brady and Tom did their usual uh, pre match stuff uh, for Hull, uh, and Brady asked me. Uh, I think one of the questions they got in the mailbag was, uh, "Who are the worst loan players Huddersfield Town have ever had?" Uh, and obviously, Brady, being a big shit house, came to me and said, Matt, can you answer this question? And I spent half an hour picking names out for him and doing a, a complete historical overview of Huddersfield Town's bad loan history, uh, about as good as Northern Rock in about 2008 is our loan history at, at points. And uh, Brady didn't use it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So so just to make sure that I haven't wasted half an hour, we're going to do it now. Um, I know some people might find this a little bit negative and not, but I always think this is quite good fun, sort of looking back and you know, maybe I'll post our. I remember Cosy when we sat round uh, this table and we did uh, the Whoppers and Weapons team, didn't we? Jesus With Neil man. and Dan. Yeah, was that was that, that one. That is. was that was absolutely brilliant fun. Was that doing uh, the worst ever Huddersfield Town team? And I think a couple of lone players actually did that. So uh, for Brady, I did uh, early on from about 1991. I missed uh, Callahan. Uh, was it was it Nigel or Ian Callahan, the winger that ended up in Tenerife in a nightclub after he died? Nigel. Nigel Callahan. All American them. Red Strikes. The oh, yeah, well, absolutely a horrendous winger, wasn't he? They could barely run for in around about 91, 92, uh, maybe 91, Around that time he was such a bad a bad player, wasn't he? So I think what I did for him is I did nineteen ninety to twenty ten. So I'll play a clip in a moment where I do I've I've done Huddersfield Town Horrible Histories, uh, and it's a lone history from uh, 1990 to 2010, and there are some honking players in there that I obviously love for the wrong reasons. But 2010 onwards, Johnny, um, any names that stick out for you as being particularly bad? I think Diego Aris Mendy maybe kicks off that sort of period, doesn't he? Yeah. 2012, I think, um, Simon Grayson.
1: Yeah, I think we might need to ask some people watching to fill in a little bit of gap cause I kind of fast forwarded to kind of twenty eighteen, nineteen onwards. So there's a good good I'm sure there's some good eight nine years worth of players in there that hopefully some people will say. But I've got a few and a few a few slight cheeky ones. They will qualify but a little bit left field, so Punchin's probably one to, to go on there. I don't think he ever wanted to play for the club. I think he was just very much a payday for him. He's a bit of a shocker. Um bit of an interesting one. And Benza. Mm. Yeah,
3: someone's mentioned him in the in the comments. Yeah, yeah
1: a loan player, so I think yeah, it, it was a bit of a crisis and start to finish. Um, Meepo was one where again a little bit of lack of quality. I don't know if we'd see much of him. Um, Niasi summed up. as a uh, short term contract, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, because he? he wasn't technically alone. and then um, similarly, I think Mr. he might have been a short term or alone. but yeah. He's a <laughs> Yeah, I said you, it's quite hard to kind of I don't know, maybe I um maybe I block it out a bit more. Maybe that's a positive thing. But um it's hard to think of the there's plenty of good loan players I think we could list, but some of the yeah, yeah. um some of the ones that have haven't quite worked. Hopefully some people in the comments might be able to um they're the ones that uh, I could think of. And I few. So
3: there's a few have really been thrown in. Like, Joel Pereira, as obviously Joel Pereira, who could forget the eleven goals in two games conceded by Joel Pereira, aka yeah. Um, I can't remember what they called him. At, I think we we called him Popperdom Hands. I think Hearts had. I think they called him Spaghetti Hands or something up at Hearts as well. They had all sorts of names for him. He was, he was particularly bad. Elvis Manu has got a shout. Uh, he was mm. quite forget, he was quite forgettable, wasn't he? Cause sure you'll remember Chris Powell bringing in David Edgar. I'm sure he was uh, a tough player to watch. Although maybe not. He had the beard, didn't he? David Edgar and uh, I think he was a centre back. And Chris Powell played him in central midfield, and he was so slow and. Couldn't
4: move. I think he, he was, was a chippy United after that, mate. He got some good
3: moves as well when he left. The... <laughs> I know, visit. that's a shocker. Uh, Johnny Goggs has mentioned 2002-2003, Scott Bevan, and there's, honestly, I think I spent about five minutes in this clip raging about 2002-2003. Some of the loans that we had that year were absolutely abysmal. Um, Max says, and Benzer, not really based on his performances, but the structure of the deal, we should never be paying 11 million on one player in the championship. Unfortunately, we uh, tied ourselves into that, didn't we? Uh, and it might have been a little bit more than that. Um, let's have a look. See what other people have said. So, Cy Simon is David. Church. How garbage
4: was he? Man. Simon
3: Church. Yeah, Simon Church wasn't good, mm. was he? And he was decent oh, at Reading.
4: U- obviously. I'm surprised you didn't mention
3: him. But he's uh, he's in the clip. Lukas Yukovic is in the in the clip. But oh, um, right. I think there's a mitigating circumstance with is He had um, an asthmatic breathing issue when at Uddersfield, and he made a good. I think he made his debut against Leeds, didn't he? And he did all yeah, right. He then then all after, right. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And then after that, he had uh, a lot of fitness issues but he's had a good career once he's got that sorted, but it happens with young players. John Shaw says uh Lee Ashcroft. Lee Ashcroft's in my clip. I I think a butcher paid for paid for him for a month. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like a local butcher paid paid for Lee. Lee Ashcroft. Paid for summer. Yeah it did. Yeah. Michael Williams, one of your favourites Cozzy. Isaac and oh, Benza. Who left the um, dreadful, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Terry Ellis faller, Onibuje definitely gets in the uh, the club <laughs> to play. Don't worry about that. I suppose <laughs> Mark. Mark says Carry Matmore. Carry Matmore, I think he was a short-term contract Carry Matmore, so he doesn't count, but he wasn't that bad. It's
1: not against Leeds, um, Matmore, uh, didn't uh, that qualify as, uh, 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 exactly
3: yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's have um, a look at uh, who else we got. Johnny Gogs is the original Spanish sensation Christian Lopez. Oh, he's just deleted it because he wasn't alone. Johnny knows the rules. Um, yeah, we've had some interesting ones, haven't well, we, Well, Stefan
4: but... he would die, wasn't he? I don't... Trouble is you're he? Thank you. To be honest, Cozzy,
3: these guys compare nothing to what we grew up with in the 1990s, do they? Uh, they? Do you want me to just play the clip? It lasts about five or six minutes. I know you get itchy feet, Cosy, but I'll, I'll play this clip in and then if you can be bothered coming back afterwards, you can come back afterwards, but we might end the podcast if everyone, everyone leaves. But I'll play the... Oh, you won't be able to hear it, will you, Coz? That's the other thing. And So if you go to YouTube, you'll be able to hear it on your, on your phone. <laughs> but um, yeah, so here we go. Without any further ado, Huddersfield Town... Horrible histories, uh loan players. If- Strap yourself in for some Huddersfield Town horrible histories, the loans. So all of the young terriers on social medias born in the 1990s coming at me with Muzzy Carriol or Jason Punching. you guys need to sit down, put your feet up, and let those of us with grey in our beards take this one because we've had some real Reggie blinkers over the years. And we can roll this back to 1990 1991. Huddersfield Town, one of the very first Loney's that I can recall, and maybe one of the first Loney's we've had, was John Kelly back in 1990 1991. a really small midfielder who couldn't run, he couldn't tackle, he couldn't pass, he couldn't shoot, and I think the only time he actually did something on a Leeds Road pitch was in 1992-93, 1990, when Tim Clark went on his famous buccaneering run against Chester City and ran into John Kelly, who put the ball in the empty net. Uh, Following on, hot on the heels of John Kelly in 92-93, we had a a loanee, a big centre-half who looked like a bricklayer and had the touch of one, but zero balance. Rob Dewhurst, I think a couple of people will remember. Big Rob. uh, 93-94, a season of bad loans. And Neil Warnock made some really strange choices this season. Uh, A man who made David Unsworth look like Usain Bolt was a left-back called Ronnie Robinson on loan from Exeter. He was probably the slowest footballer I think I have ever seen. And in the same season, one Cozzy will always remember is Andy Williams, a midfielder that we uh, we managed to bring in on loan, I think, uh, from Leeds or Notts County at the time. And he had his long flowing locks, looked like a 70s player, you know, with lots of flair. He had nothing, abysmal. As Huddersfield Town moved up the leagues in, 19, in the mid-1990s, we managed to bring in a little right-back called Kenny Brown from West Ham. He'd made 50 appearances in the Premier League in the previous couple of years, and he looked like he'd never played football before when he arrived at Huddersfield. But one of the very worst loan signings we've ever made came the year after, 96-97. Many people remember the famous or infamous Huddersfield Town 3 Bradford City 3 game, where Chris Waddle absolutely tore us to shreds from corners. Uh, the first corner, Chris Waddle whipped straight in, uh, dropped in the far post. And the man that we had on loan from Manchester United back then, a left midfielder by the name of Simon Davies, who we thought, you know, we signed Ben Thorn of the year before, so what could go wrong? He managed to stand on the outside of the post rather than the inside of the post, in Chris and Chris Waddle's corner dropped in at the far stick. Um, very unforgettable player for the wrong reasons. And in the same season, we had Lee Glover, 11 games, zero goals up front, and Mike Williams, a really poor central midfielder. A couple of years later, under Jacko and Town managed to signed Des Hamilton, another with Bradford Links. Des Hamilton, one of Neil Wayne's favourites. He uh, infamous, or well, you say famous, really for scoring a goal for Bradford City at Wembley, which propelled him uh, up the echelons of the uh, the football league. And it was uh, a promotion that he wasn't really ready for. He um, ended up playing for Campion in the uh, in the Bradford League not so long after signing uh, for HUS. In the same season, we got Mark Jackson on loan from Leeds. I think Mark Jackson's most memorable game was when we were walloped on Sky uh, 7-1 against Barnsley. And then we moved to the latter end just before the millennium. And Huddersfield Town and Barry Rubri in particular um, decided to sabotage us by selling Marcus Stewart and replacing him with the loan signings of Alan Armstrong and Michel Ngonge. No goals for either of those two, replacing uh, a legend, really, in Marcus Stewart, who we all wish the very, very best. Uh, In the same season, uh, we also managed to sign David May. Uh, David May, a um, fantastic footballer, Premier League winner from Manchester United, he lasted 40 minutes before going off with sciatica and no one ever saw him again. Probably the man who I think is maybe the worst loan signing or in, certainly in the top three is Steve Baker. We got that si- that season. Steve Bruce signing Steve Baker from Middlesbrough. I remember one particular game at Tranmere where he was taken off at halftime after being roasted by Jason Kumas and it was honestly one of the worst worst performances I think I've ever seen on a football pitch. Roll it back to the follow to the next season, or roll it forward to the next season. We managed to bring in Jim Brennan. Jim Brennan managed two appearances before being sent back. And a man who managed four games without any goals was a bean pole striker by the name of Kevin Kyle. A couple of people remember how bad he looked uh, in those games before having a semi decent career. And if we move that on a year more, and this is really where some of it really ramps up in terms of bad quality. Uh, the Mick Wadsworth season. And Mick obviously had an eye for a player, as you can tell. Um, starting at the back, Scott Bevan, uh, an <laughs> absolutely giant of a man, but a horrendous goalkeeper who was finally and rightfully usurped by the far superior Phil Sr. in that season. And in the same season, Huddersfield Town signed Lee Ashcroft. I think he was paid for by a local butcher on a month's loan. Uh, Lee managed zero goals in four very abject appearances. And in the same season, we also got Kevin Gallagher. Kevin Gallagher, Premier League winner with Blackburn in 94-95, over 50 caps for Scotland when they used to be able to qualify for tournaments. But the spell at Huddersfield Town was enough to finish him off and zero goals in eight appearances, very abject appearances, uh, saw Kevin Gallagher have to hang up his boots. He was that bad. Also that season, we managed to bring in Scott McDonald, one goal in 14 appearances before... He actually went on to do pretty well up in Scotland with Motherwell and Celtic. Jason Gavin, Jason Gavin, I won't tell you his middle name, but it starts with an F and ends with a G. Ten appearances, one goal, a horrendous footballer. Moving on swiftly, and at this point, Peter Jackson has returned, 2003-04, and Jacko. to be fair to him, brought in a couple of decent players. However, we did bring in Gary Harkins in 2003. Four Gary Harkins was more of a, a player for the fringes in the bottom league, so there's no problems there. But one player Jacko brought in was a a tall six foot five striker by the name of Fola Onibuje, and to be honest, a scarecrow would have been better up front. He was horrendous. Uh, Fola, I think he's had a 15 year career and he's played more years than he's got goals. So there's your striker. Now we enter a period of Ken Davy austerity. Huddersfield Town don't particularly have any loans really for a couple of years, or if they do, they're actually quite decent, like the likes of David Graham, who banged in nine goals in half a season. In 2006-7, though, Blackburn seemed to be having an issue paying Johnstead's transfer fee, so in lieu, in lieu of some money, decide decided to send us a left-back by the name of Andy Taylor. Eight games have been useless, and Andy Taylor's on his way back to Blackburn, and... Arguably, or not arguably, his best contribution to Huddersfield Town Cause was certainly missing that penalty in 2012 at Wembley for Sheffield United. So thanks for that, Andy. You managed to get there in the end. The year after was another year of bad loans. One of them, Frank Sinclair, a player I just could not take to. Infamous for getting sent off four times in the same calendar year. Telling shocked fans in the fantastic media upper when one approached his son to ask him if he'd like to play for Huddersfield Town one day, and Frank's response was, nah, there's no effing way he'll play for a club like this. Yeah, thanks for that, Frank. But, you know, Frank didn't really get on with the Huddersfield fans, especially after that time away at Gillingham and when he ran out of the tunnel at full time, ready to offer on the entire away end. So Frank was a bit of a whopper, and his signing was a, a bit of a tragic one. The same year, we managed to uh, partner Frank Sinclair with a young Irish defender by the name of Richard Keogh. Richard Keogh had 10 appearances before he was put in the bin, and Richard went on to have a a pretty decent career, until he re-signed for us and then immediately turned rubbish again. Uh, The year after 2008-9, Dominic Verling started off a tradition of Lee Clark signing naff left-backs, and another one that Lee Clark signed the year after was a man called Stephen Jordan, who after a handful of games decided to drop Trow and take a dump in Lee Clark's shoes. Slight irony here is that he was shit, and then he got shooed off by Lee Clark and returned to sender. So we moved into the Lee Clark era, and I think the young Terriers of the 90s can pick it up from here. Uh, Lucas Jutkovic isn't far away, but during the 90s and early 1000s, Huddersfield had some horrendous lone players, and I would say if he had to pick a top three I would say my top three would probably be someone like Simon Davies, uh, Steve Baker, maybe as a number one, and then Fuller Onibuji. So, you know, sometimes things work, sometimes things don't, and then sometimes people shouldn't be professional footballers. Right, guys, thank you very much. Right, guys, there we go. Huddersfield Town Horrible History, so thanks for bearing with us oh, through that. And, and uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you guys would be so nice as to click the like button on the episode, that would be fantastic because that obviously gives uh, you know puts uh, the podcast under more eyes uh, and it hits all the algorithms, et cetera. So it's not just a vanity uh, plea, honestly. That's what it is. So, yeah, on those loans, uh, thanks for listening to that. Uh, only about half of you switched off, so that wasn't a bad result in the end, was it? Uh, but, yeah, so a couple of people. Matt says Theo Robinson was so bad that we didn't learn how shite he was when we owned him and signed him again. Uh, and then he's put Trotman was terrible as well. Remember being so excited at signing Lee Croft and Nathan <coughs> Eccleston as well. Both terrible. So, yeah, loans are always um, a little bit of a gamble, aren't they, uh, Cos? But go on then. If you had to give us... So my top three worst loans for Huddersfield Town would probably be Steve Baker, Bonnie Bougie, um, and Simon Davies, I reckon. I, can't, I just can't get over someone standing on the outside of the post on a corner and the ball dropping in the far post. I've still got... You know what? Chris Waddle PTSD. It's, it's,
4: I think the thing is with loans, for me, it's like the people that have never made it and absolutely useless are those ones that are just finished at the end of the career, like your Frank Sinclair's, David Mays, Ronnie Walworths, and stuff. And it's, I think I, I can kind of handle those ones that have finished at the end of the career because they're the gamble ones, out. not Occasionally you get yeah. a bit of, a, you know, like Ken we got a good year out be fair, I think he was still 32, so not exactly over it. But but yeah, Onyebuchi and... Uh, Oh, man. Was, I think the thing is, I'm yeah. just a person who tries to, I can always see your positive at some point, but there's some of these guys that you just could not do. I mean, I'm a lot younger than them, but like the early days of the uh, you know, Steve Bakers and Alan Walsh, I don't think you've even got a mention there. I remember him on. I think it's before
3: my time, yeah.
4: Yeah, dreadful. Like when Bradford had that bus shelter stand and that as well. But <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's some, it's pretty minging names mentioned there, Matt.
3: Yeah, so uh, thanks everyone for watching. Johnny, your worst loan?
1: Well, just one. Um, well, you can give three I if you want. You I, I, well, no, I'll, I'll give one, but I think you can't look past them, Benzer, just for the whole story. Just for, the, yeah. yeah and he had the of my costumes, did nothing, and then yeah, threw uh, his toys out the prom, and then uh, I've yeah, got lost one. lost his £11 million. I got On one, course. and he,
4: he bounced up today, mate, when... Uh, Old uh, Ebenezer were a smashing past him for Palace, Mister Lin uh-huh. Cooper. I was there Super at the Oval, mate, when he played. Well, it's trouble as you say. Worse, loans. It, he, <laughs> they were a lot probably worse than him. But it's uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You look at some of these, and then they kind of how they made it afterwards and stuff. Who would say they'd be playing Premier League football? But it's
3: yeah, part it's, of the journey uh, sometimes, isn't it? They go have a tough loan, and then it just improves, and maybe we're a, a tough breeding ground for some of these players and some of them, like Scott McDonald. He, was, he wasn't very good with us, yeah, and then he went on and had a great career, didn't he, with yeah, you know, Celtic yeah, and yeah. what have you So Maybe yeah, it's just Scotland. us. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a bad club rather than a bad loan, who knows? <laughs> so, but I think that's all, all we've got time for this week, boys, unless you got anything, any other business that you want to wrap up with?
4: You no, know, looking forward to uh, next week's games, Rotherham and mm-hmm. Preston. I'll tell you what, Matt, I know we don't look at the top end, but I think there's is it three points between the top seven in that championship Unbelievable! I get
3: vertigo if I look up that high, mate. At the minute, so. incredible,
4: mate. It's what a talented. division! What a division again! I know. Join the pack, Tom. You never know. You anyway,
3: never know. anyway, let's all hope we have a, a sweet tooth from uh, Mark Fotherham's sweet shop this time next week. So, um, all the best, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next Cheers, week. God.
2: There's a team that is dear to its followers. The colors are bright blue and white, they're a team of renown, they're the pride of the town, and the game of football is alive.